from the Summer Skate Studios. Analytics and Eyeballs is brought to you by Top Golf. At every Top Golf, it's about fun, climate-controlled bays, increased safety measures with your choice of games, as well as our sports bar and restaurant. See your local Top Golf location or topgolf.com. Summer skates, shower shoes, and koozies customized for yourself or your entire team. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. From coast to coast and beyond, wherever you need to be, Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos has a destination that suits your style. Jets Pizza. With six different styles of pizza, eight different types of crust, to go with all of our fresh toppings, you can let your pizza cravings run wild. Peterson Toyota. Earning the trust of our loyal customers at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins every day for over 50 years. Metro by T-Mobile. Go to MetroByTMobile.com to find your perfect plan all of which come with the power of T-Mobile's 5G network. M-Drive, our boost and burn is specifically designed to help get you active, get lean, and burn fat. Get yours at mdriveformen.com. Drury Inn & Suites, find out why we say our home is your home. Visit druryhotels.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, award-winning barbecue for your next catered event, a concert at Allegiant Stadium, or at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Jordan McAlpine. All right, welcome in hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, NCHC hockey fans, Atlantic hockey fans, any fans of college hockey, we welcome you into Analytics and Eyeballs. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Denver, Colorado. My co-host is always from, uh, I think he's in Omaha, Nebraska, but Jordan McAlpine, how are you tonight? Good. How you doing, Scott? And y- your guess is correct on that. <laughs> I had a really good chance that that was going to be right, but <laughs> anyway, um, wow. Uh, playoff hockey got started this weekend, Jordan. How much fun was that? I know the uh, the Omaha outcome wasn't what you wanted or what they wanted, but um, man, some great hockey. Yeah, it's insane to really think about that. Uh, it's already this time of the year. I kind of uh, was talking with a few players this week and joking that it seemed like just yesterday we were up in St. Paul at NCHC Media Day, and uh, lo and behold, here we are as the season at a close. But no, it's. Uh, I know we talked last week about it. This is the fun part of the year. So uh, hopefully enjoy it these next few weeks here. I know for both of us, have a fun slate ahead uh, with St. Paul at the Frozen Faceoff, four good teams up there on top of it. So we'll kind of just see how that goes. But definitely looking forward to the uh, next few weeks here. Yeah, well, before I get to St. Paul, I have a 13-hour drive coming up on Wednesday. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But whatever, I, I can handle it. It's I've had worse, and uh, it is exciting. Uh, the Denver Pioneers uh, is who I saw this weekend, and they were as impressive as you would expect for the number three team in the pairwise. Um, and North Dakota, I think, uh, had everything they could handle with uh, Colorado College, and I think – Western had all they could handle with Omaha, and St. Cloud State found out that Minnesota Duluth just doesn't go away. Yeah, and I, I know with the St. Cloud on top of that, 
definitely uh, of all times of the year to get hit with some type of uh, sickness or flu bug. You uh, you can't pick a much much better time. Uh, <laughs> David Hrenick, your starting goalie, Spencer Meyer, your captain, big time defenseman on top of it against the Duluth team that you just said it, they don't ever go away seemingly that those, uh, those really caught up to them this past weekend and Duluth looked good. Uh, I know on top of it, their offense has been a question mark at times this season. They really came alive. You talked about that CC North Dakota series. Uh, CC gave UND in every sense of the imagination, all that they could handle. And man, I thought, especially that Saturday night game that, uh, the Tigers were going to tie it up there, had a, uh, Definitely flurry at the end there, but obviously uh, four sweeps around the conference. That just kind of goes to show the uh, the top dogs are top dogs for a reason, but it it's definitely makes for some entertaining hockey to watch. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, our guest tonight is our own Paul Hornstein, who uh, I sent on assignment to uh, to go to West Point and watch uh, Army Air Force. And apparently that's a thing to do if Air Force wants to get wins because uh, they swept – they swept Army, which I would never have guessed. It took overtime both nights, but they uh, they pulled it off. So Paul's going to be joining us here shortly. But before we jump into that, Jordan, let's look at this pairwise uh, because um, that's really what matters now. I mean, the polls are, are are maybe there, but we all know that everybody in the next, uh, what, six days are going to be staring at the pairwise until uh, maybe not even that. Yeah, six days, I guess, until the, uh, the selection show comes out next Sunday. But – um, everybody will be staring to see what in the heck can happen and, and will somebody move around. So uh, I'll do the first five for you and I'll get your opinion on it. So Minnesota State holding down number one, Michigan two, Denver three, Minnesota four, Western Michigan five. Your thoughts? Is that right? Is that the way they yeah, should be? I, I know uh, I'll kind of branch into that where you that next stretch of teams are North Dakota at six. I would argue them and Western flip-flopping. But those, uh, and maybe Michigan and Denver in those top or number two and three spots. But besides that, the uh, the rest of that is pretty spot on at this point. Okay, so then then we go to seven, which is Quinnipiac, eight Notre Dame, nine Minnesota Duluth, ten Saint Cloud. Um, Jordan, if I look at that, there's only one team in the East in the top ten, and that's Quinnipiac with a uh, thirty five and three mark this year it's pretty hard yeah. to get much better than that there's only one other team that's got more wins and that's minnesota state so your thought on the top 10 yeah quinnipiac has been knocking on the door of those top uh i mean for a while there they were really in consideration of those top two three spots in the country for it that they uh definitely have the talent had a good season put together but no we've talked about it all year the uh, western dominance is real this season with uh the rankings reflect it both in the polls and the pairwise. And I, I mean, at, at this point, after watching for six, seven months of hockey, however long it's been now, I don't think any of us are surprised at this point either about that. Okay. So let me go to the precarious ones, as I call them, uh, <laughs> Massachusetts, number 11, Michigan tech, 12, UMass Lowell, 13, Northeastern, 14, uh, Ohio state, 15 and Clarkson, 16. When I tell you those, there's a few more from the East, and we know there's going to be, what, three auto bids coming out of the East, and that doesn't, uh, that doesn't uh, bring into play the Atlantic hockey, which will have somebody take a spot. So 
Um, your thoughts on there? If you're uh, if you're UMass Lowell or Northeastern or Ohio State, you got to be a little bit nervous this weekend. Yeah, Ohio State's the one of those that I would really be scared of. Just kind of in the position that they're they've put themselves in. Obviously, uh, no more no more real chances to prove themselves. And you look further down that list, you've got Providence at seventeen, BU at eighteen. You talk about those auto bids. We've talked at Wits End about if something happens in these conference tournaments here that you could have a lot of shakeup down there at the uh, the bottom, should I say, just kind of with those that 13 through 16 range that there's uh, still a lot of musical chairs that could be had. And even you look at a, a Michigan Tech or a UMass Lowell, that, excuse me, a lot of those teams through that range uh, have those question marks that come with them. But the uh, the next couple weeks here, I, I don't know how much movement you're going to see, like, in a lot of those situations, I think teams feel huh, a little bit of security, but I don't know how much you can really have at this point, just knowing how much can still happen. Yeah, that's exactly the case. Now, if there's ever going to be a year where um, there would be some upsets in, in uh, tournaments, I believe it could be this year because of the parity that we've talked about all year. Um, I'll branch off of that and say, I watched Denver again and, uh, I've been telling people this all year. Maybe you're, you've heard me say it a thousand times and are sick of it, but man, that team is just, (laughs) (laughs) um, well, they're poised. They're, they're poised to win it all. Right. I mean, I commented to several people in the press box this weekend. I said, these guys don't even get excited when they get wins and sweeps and whatever it is. And they don't get depressed if they don't win as excited as I see this team get is when they sweep and they can, make their lap around the rink and jump against the glass to their student section. That that's when they get fired up. Otherwise it's just like, Hey, we haven't accomplished our goal yet. And uh, that goal is definitely a national championship. And um, man, oh man, I I joked with Paul Hornstein last night. I said, um, you know, everybody tells you that, yeah, we're just going to take it. Everything's the same. It's, you know, we're going to play one game at a time and play a full 60 minutes and nothing's really different. The playoffs are, are the playoffs. We just want to win every game. And you know, the old cliches, except for this Jordan, when you uh, see the best player on the ice and for Denver, at least Saturday and maybe Saturday and Sunday, I believe he was the best player and that, that he is number two, Sean Barron's. He was all over the ice and that Saturday game. I think he played over half the game. Uh, so, so he's uh, leaning heavily on him and you can't talk to him because he's a freshman. So, yes, things have changed. When it gets to tournament time, you don't talk to the freshmen. You have to talk to the upperclassmen. Yeah, and these these last few weeks here, I know you've talked about it on this show before too, but you've gotten that sense that David Carl's building for a tournament run here. So we'll uh, we'll definitely see how that works out for the Pioneers. But they're, uh, they're no joke this year. I know we've talked about it for a lot of the season that uh, – there you shouldn't really be surprised by anything with that team at this point that they've proven it night in and night out. And by no, by no surprise here, they are. Exactly. And you know, when you say building on it, yes, he's juggled the lines. He's put different guys in different positions. Um, He's played different guys on the power play, different guys on the penalty kill. Um, That team knows each other as good as any team I've ever seen in college hockey. Does that translate to wins? I don't know, because here's what I do know, Jordan. Starting uh, Friday at the XL Energy Center, it's one and done. Uh, we all know that Denver is going to get a shot at the, at the NCAA tournament, but still, 
you got to come out and play 60 minutes and you don't have time to mess around because uh, if you do, there's not a Saturday night uh, to fix what you'd happen to you on Friday night. Yeah. And I, I do think the interesting thing about this weekend too is with a Denver or a North Dakota, even Western Michigan in that uh, kind of same situation that these teams have bigger goals in the end game with it, obviously that sure a, a frozen face-off championship is at the forefront right now. That's where the focus is. These teams want to win going up there, obviously. But at the same time, you talk about building, and that that's especially true these next couple weeks here, that when it comes time for the, uh, the big dance in a couple weeks, that's where a lot of these teams have been gearing up for throughout this whole season. So I'd uh, – I'm interested to see how what the approach for these weeks are going to look like, and in a lot of or for this weekend it's going to look like. In a lot of situations, people say it, but it's true. Winning the Frozen Faceoff in the NCHC Championship might be harder than winning the NCAA tournament. But where the uh, where the focus lies these next few weeks, obviously, is past this weekend. I would guess for all four of these teams going into St. Paul. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a, a quick two-minute break. Let's come back and bring on uh, our own Paul Hornstein, and we'll dig into his his mind, which is scary, but <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it anyway, and then uh, we'll start talking a little bit more about the NCHC Frozen Faceoff coming up, the Atlantic Hockey uh, Final Four coming up, and everything that lies ahead this week, leading into uh, the uh, selection Sunday, if you will. So we'll be back in two minutes. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. 
go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is Analytics and Eyeballs. All right, indeed it is Analytics and Eyeballs. Scott Strandy with you tonight from uh, beautiful Denver, Colorado. Another 70-degree day today. Got to love this stuff. Um, my co-host, as always, Jordan McAlpine, joining me from Omaha, Nebraska, where I'm guessing it wasn't too bad in Omaha today either, Jordan, Jordan right? Yeah, it was uh, really good, actually. Kind of uh, shorts and a hoodie weather outside, so can't complain oh. on uh, that front at all. I know Wednesday here, it's supposed to get up to 75, so, and oh, of course, man. I'll uh, be traveling up to St. Paul, so uh, <laughs> get to miss out on the I'll beach be chasing weather, you. I guess. I'll either be chasing you or you'll be chasing me, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it is our pleasure to bring on my co-host from Sunday night and Tuesday night, and our very own Paul Hornstein, who made the trek in the snow and miserable conditions up to West Point. I asked him for pictures, Jordan, of uh, outside of uh, the, the West Point Tate, Tate Rink and, and some of those historic buildings up there. And he said, what do you want to see, buildings or snow? Because that's all I'm seeing <laughs> is snow. Paul, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. Um, I hope you guys get your spoons ready, because if you're digging into my mind, we might as well end this conversation right now. I told Jordan it was scary. I told Jordan it was going to be scary, but I heard you. <laughs> I figured you did. Uh, Jordan, that's right. Don't, don't, don't. Uh, it's okay, Jordan. I, I, I'm a big boy. I can take it. Don't, uh, you can <laughs> laugh. I was laughing, so. <laughs> uh, okay, so here we go. Uh, Paul made the trip to uh, West Point, and uh, apparently Frank Saratori thinks that you're just God now because you brought him two wins. Really. Um, couldn't, couldn't have happened without, well, I don't know, because he was going to have a, a presser today. Uh, I was all set up, looking good, all ready to go on the Zoom, and they said that one minute before one, we have to cancel it and have it tomorrow at 1 o'clock. <laughs> so okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to talk to him today, but uh, right. uh, t- tell Jordan, because Jordan said he hadn't watched, Jordan, was it one second or one minute <laughs> of uh, Air Force and Army this year? Yeah, some, somewhere in between. Well, yeah, but first of all, uh, you're at games, so you're not, you know, you're not locked into a basement somewhere with with a couple of screens and some computer uh, gizmos, and you know, Scott let me out this weekend. I, you know, I, I, you know, you know, sometimes you got to throw a little red meat into the cage and uh, go from there. Yeah, my, uh, my 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 focus obviously throughout most of the season is uh, with with my beat here in Omaha, and then obviously the NCA two slate. So definitely, uh, try to catch up on as much uh, as much as I can outside of it. But at the same time, uh, I can't say Air Force and uh, Army have uh, been been on the radar too much when it comes to watching for me personally. Well, listen, put it on a bucket list and get to a game at some point. You don't have to do it right now. <laughs> But uh, get to it at some point. Paul, Paul, before you dig into the, the tournament part of it, tell Jordan and tell our audience what happened Friday that may have set the tone for uh, Army not being 100% um, focused. Is that the right word? Well, they lost one of their captains a minute into the first game. Um, and not an on-ice incident, no, correct? Well, I, or maybe it started on the ice? Yeah. He collapsed on the bench, so uh, that was literally a minute into the first game. Um, and we're talking about Colin Bielek, who's uh, 
uh, a physical specimen, as I found out when he was out here. And, um, you know, eventually, uh, with somebody on both sides, he kind of gingerly walked off the bench and into the locker room. Um, and it, even by Saturday morning, nobody had heard any news. Um, but I know you'll be shocked at this, Jordan, because you're, you're, you're around enough for these guys to know. Um, uh, by, by the time Saturday night rolled around, even though they didn't, nobody kind of knew what was going on. He was like trying to force his way into playing. And I know you're shocked by this, right? Absolutely floored. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, holy smokes. I mean, uh, good for the, for the, the administration there at army, not to let him play. But when we found out that he was trying to, 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 to talk his way into it. We were just shaking our heads like, at what point does the cliche he's a hockey player just stop being relevant? It just, my Lord. I mean, and, and I'm going to step it back one more, Paul, because you ended up in a hotel where uh, the Belix were obviously staying, and uh, you were under the impression that he was still in the hospital, and yeah, maybe he was. was Saturday, and, and that he was not going to be attending the – the game Saturday night yeah, Sat- uh, in any stretch. Yeah, I, Saturday morning he was still there. He had the father had heard from. Okay, that's bad, but the father's <laughs> here and not there, so that's good. Okay, just- so so let's break this down. Uh, we went over the games, and I don't think uh, we have to tell everybody what the games were like. Well, again. no, I want to. I, I, I want to know how the baseball game was Sunday, Jordan. Because you were at a baseball game, right? Yeah, it was actually uh, – man, it, so <clears throat> Omaha opened up a – last year a brand-new um, on-campus baseball field right across the street – or right across the creek, I guess I should say, from Baxter Arena that uh, they had Nebraska um, come play at Tyler Anderson Field for the first time since they opened up the stadium this weekend or the yesterday, I guess it was, and uh, played the the second half of the home and home today in Lincoln, Nebraska took that one, but uh, Omaha <clears throat> for UNO, obviously big signature win. They get a walk-off win against the Huskers. So definitely, uh, I guess the, the sports editor hat has to include more than a hockey from time to time. So had to uh, branch out a little bit, but no, definitely uh, 65 degrees and sunny for a baseball game in March. You can't beat that. No, I, that that's that was my point. I was going to ask you, was it how was it out? Because yeah, it was beautiful. They they had oh, over Lord. they had over three thousand fans there too. Which for uh, you, I know obviously the uh, the Husker draw was about 90 percent of that. But for okay. you, UNO baseball to uh, get that definitely a uh, good day for the program. And then they get the win on top of that in front of all those fans. Hey, it's good for them. Good, good, good. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Well, no, I know, but I just throw it in there because, well, why not? I mean, I, I like uh, it. We're a diversified podcast now. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, so, so Paul, tell us about the uh, the final four in Atlanta hockey because uh, Air Force or Army, one of them was going to make sure that the Service Academy was in that final four, but the other three teams, I, I when looking at the pairings, Paul, I'm just intrigued. Well, listen. Um, you have to watch out for AIC because there was a while there where uh, they were close to playing themselves into an at-large situation. 
And that doesn't happen. I mean, it hasn't happened. But it, it, in my recollection, at least over the last five years, that hasn't even come close to happening. Now, you want to take last year, I, I will sit here and say to my dying breath that Army got screwed of an at-large bid last year. But um, there wasn't using the pairwise either. Um, so, you know, AIC is definitely a heavy favorite. But you know what? This time of the year, and we've seen it year after year after year, how many times does Air Force end up winning this tournament? Yeah. Well, here's what I'm getting at. When I saw the pairings, and I'm going like, wow, Air Force gets RIT, which I'm not taking anything away from RIT, but Air Force gets RIT because Mercyhurst beat Canisius, <laughs> and Mercyhurst is going to get uh, AIC in the first round. Um, and Air Force and RIT split out here about a month ago, a little more than a month ago. And uh, I thought Air Force did not play well at all that weekend. So I like their chances of making it to the championship game. And then, uh, as you mentioned, all things can happen when it's a, uh, a one-and-done um, all for all the marbles, basically. Well, listen, you know, I, I think if you look at all these other tournaments, this is a, a true extension of the NCAA tournament because only one of these four teams is getting in. You go to the Big Ten tournament, and you know Michigan and Minnesota are both getting in, so they're playing for seeding. Um, for Minnesota State in the CCHA, they're in. I mean, it's just a matter of do they want to knock Bemidji out? who was playing much better earlier in the year uh, than they have been over the last six weeks, but they are still a dangerous team. Um, who the heck knows what's going on in the ECAC? Um, Clarkson right now is on the outside looking in. The uh, Quinnipiac is definitely in, but you have those teams there in the other three Right, it's 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 Clarkson, and 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 Harvard, and and I mean, and and Colgate, which was the upset, so to speak, uh, beating Cornell, which knocked Cornell out. So it that's not quite a pure playoff situation there, but almost. Um, same thing with Hockey East. I mean, they all cannibalized each other this past weekend. You know, um, Northeastern is probably in. There's a 90% chance that they're in. UMass and, and UMass Lowell are, are even stronger than that. So really the only team trying to play there that really has to play their way in is Connecticut. But, you know, only one of those leagues is, has any of the teams that has all of its teams left that have to win to get in. And that's well, Atlantic Hockey. Yeah, exactly. So let's jump to the Big Ten, which is really anticlimactic. Jordan, Minnesota, <laughs> and Michigan, what in the heck is going to happen there, and does it matter? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I know for uh, – I'm actually uh, looking forward to that from uh, – folk or paying attention to that one, I guess I should say, from across the river on Saturday night. That uh, – man, that, uh, that definitely – I watched a little bit of Michigan and Notre Dame this weekend with it. Obviously, the Gophers have been rolling on top of it lately here. I would personally have to, uh, if I was a betting man or making picks for that on Saturday night, 
probably go with Minnesota in that game just with the way they've looked in the second half and how they've been playing here. But that's going to be a uh, heavyweight in every sense of that imagination with the rosters and lineup that either one of those sides has. Absolutely. And then there's the NCHC tournament, which both you and I will be at. But, Paul, you have thoughts on that? Denver, Minnesota, Duluth, Western Michigan, North Dakota. I know you've seen them all many, many times on the uh, on the NCHC.TV. Did he turn his mic on? <laughs> Why would I want to do that? <laughs> Having a conversation with somebody in your basement? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, I guess. Well, there's probably some ghosts here, but who knows. But, uh, you know, these teams are all playing pressure-free, other than the fact that they don't want to lose to the other teams. You know, these guys are all in. And as Jordan said, there are a lot of years where this is tougher to win than the NCAA tournament. And you sit here and I just you've got the the, the team in, in Denver going up against the vampires. Because <laughs> it just it just never you never have enough garlic or silver bullets or wooden steaks <laughs> to, to, to get rid of them. You just they just don't go they just never ever die. And I'm watching them against St. Cloud and it's just then they just and it looks like St. Cloud is all over him. And, and I don't know if, if Jordan, you, you found out, or not, and, and I didn't uh, catch the first few minutes. Did we ever find out why David Rennick didn't play this weekend? Uh, sickness. Okay, he was. He was same, uh, same thing with Spencer Meyer, their captain that was out. That uh, I know, I don't know if it was obviously the same thing with it, but I even go back a few weeks when Omaha played against Denver here. They were without the first night, Chase Primo and Johnny Tyconic. Primo is out the second night, too, on top of it. that The Mavs had six or seven guys who played through sickness. North Dakota's been hit with it in the second half here. Duluth, St. Cloud, that it's kind of a uh, seemingly multiple NCHC teams have gotten hit by it in some form or fashion at some point, and from St. Cloud's perspective they just got bit by it but at the uh, absolute worst time of the year from their standpoint and i have the other thing i'll go back to that you touched on there paul i talked about this before you got on here but all four of these teams in st paul this weekend coming up are locks that uh you you know it and i know it the focus and the uh is on the bigger prize and the bigger picture with it that is these teams will cannibalize each other and beat up on each other in the, in the frozen face-off. But at the end of the day, the uh, the real goal is about two or three weeks away still. So I'm interested to see how these teams go about this coming up weekend. Well, from our from at least from my perspective, um, I, I'm more curious to see how these games affect the actual pairwise. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way it's set up now, you have some juicy, juicy second round games. All right, you're looking at the possibility. All right, I mean, I don't know how much, say, Minnesota and, and Western Michigan can flip around. 
All right, but I mean, imagine you have Michigan and Minnesota in the same regional because they're in the right seeding spots. Yeah, I I would say of the NCHC teams, Denver and North Dakota are probably the two that would be impacted by the pairwise the most. Just theoretically speaking, meaning if if it comes down to if a one seed, and I, I guess I guess I could throw whoever wins that Western North Dakota game into that with both Western Michigan and North Dakota, even though I I don't know if the Broncos theoretically have as much of a chance at a one seed but just playing for that one seed on top of it and then from Denver's standpoint where they are right now if they do get beaten that first game by Duluth if they get bypassed how that impacts them and like you said talking about teams moving up and down the pairwise the uh the bigger thing on that front would be just to see where teams end up in terms of um regional sites this weekend's gonna have a big factor in that Right, because as it stands right now, and and, and 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 I'm sure that I can't be the only one that sees it uh, if they're looking for it, but you could potentially, if, if, if the seeding follows true, a, a Denver-North Dakota regional final, uh, you could have uh, Michigan. Uh, Are you trying to tell me that, that you're going to send North Dakota to, to – uh... Uh, Loveland, because uh, nobody here wants to hear that, Paul. And when I say here, I mean Colorado. Well, but I'm just going by what. Except they... the ticket people, the people up at the at the uh, uh, Budweiser Event Center, they would love to see that because you know North Dakota will come and take three quarters of the building. Well, no, but my point. But if you're, I mean, yes, do, do, do they kind of maneuver some of the brackets a little bit? But come on. Uh, if you're staying true to the way they're supposed to do it, outside of a home team, host schools playing at home, and trying to avoid those first round inter you know same conference matchups, if you can. All right, if you look at it, you know Denver is the three. Um, and Minnesota, Minnesota and Western are four or five, so they would be one and two in the same bracket. And Denver and North Dakota are three six. That puts them in the same bracket as the one and two seed. Now, is that going to impact your ticket sales? Is that what makes you move, say, Quinnipiac and North Dakota? Well, it's very possible. Yeah. Oh okay. goodness. I'm uh, just well. You, but you, you're, you're, you know, you, you said it. So just, we just have to. I'm just trying to speak it out loud. Uh, if you leave teams where they are, you have a regional with Michigan, Notre Dame, and Duluth, and the Atlantic Hockey winner. You tell me that that's not a good, that's not a crazy regional. Oh yeah, that's that's uh, every regional is going to be good. And as Jordan and I were talking about, Paul, uh, the. Uh, the, the number of teams, and you and I talked about this last night too, the number of teams from the West are just uh, it can really tip it. I mean, it could be 13-3 um, very likely. Uh, 13 from the West and the three auto bids going to the Eastern schools. But, um, Jordan, your thoughts on that? Is that feasible? 
Yeah, I, I guess the the one wrench I would throw in that is just seeing how those auto bids play out. That I, I know I talked touched on it earlier there, but it's been the normal season long that you see the success of those Western teams that at this point in the season that they should be there. Um, I, I will say, too, on top of it, you touched on it, Paul. You wonder what goes into the uh, – the thought process behind teams getting distributed around the country in these four regionals. I know nothing screams uh, the Midwest more than Allentown, Pennsylvania. When, uh, right. <laughs> when you, when you look up these regional sites, but you know, a North Dakota is going to travel, you know, the Denver, especially if they're in Loveland, they're going to get the support, but you look at a Duluth, you look at a Minnesota that uh, them moving up and down the pairwise this week and actually, strictly from a fan interest and then also from a revenue standpoint of it too, that there, there's still a lot of, a lot of balls up in the air of what can be decided at this point here. Well, Well, we'll we'll know more uh, for sure after, after Friday night, because when you're looking at just uh, ECAC, for example, um, if Quinnipiac beats Coldgate, that eliminates Coldgate for sure. Um, They're not even close anyway. Uh, and then Harvard and Clarkson are playing. But if Harvard Clarkson winner should happen to beat a Quinnipiac uh, for the title, that's going to get Quinnipiac automatically in and also going to add another Eastern school, correct? Yeah, because Quinnipiac's in. Right. So so if Harvard or Clarkson, one of them should knock off Quinnipiac, um, there would be a second ECAC team. That's the only way they're getting a second. Yeah, they'd slide up. So that leaves, uh, you know, people wondering, as Paul just brought up, about the the uh, CCH, CCHA, or, or, yeah, that's what we're talking about, right? The, uh, <laughs> I, I, I got so many things going on in my head right now, I'm just baffled. Uh, but that would be, well, if Minnesota State should lose to Bemidji State, that would put both of them in, correct? Yes. So then what happens to uh, teams 16, 15, 14? <laughs> Well, that's what I'm, that's that's kind of the point. I mean, uh, more likely than not, and there haven't been a whole lot of upsets in these conference tournaments this year. Uh, the chalk plays out, and you know, without the wiggling around, you know, you, like I said, you do have some interesting regionals because. You know, you're going to have, I mean, from a marquee standpoint, Michigan and Notre Dame in a regional final, or from a college hockey perspective, in terms of blue bloods, you have Duluth and Michigan in that regional. If it stays that, if it stays strictly by the numbers, is is the NCAA going to want to mess with that? I don't know. I mean, uh, Allentown is quote unquote being hosted by Penn State, which is a Big Ten team. So you could theoretically, as one seed, throw Michigan there, or you could throw the other maroon and gold team from that league (laughs) in Allentown. And I don't know if, you know, Western Tech and UMass Lowell would be as, quote-unquote, sexy as the other one. But, um, so... I don't know how you're going to maneuver. There's going to be one regional 
that kind of is eh with the attendance. And by the way, Jordan, I don't know if you saw it, and maybe I misread it, but there's no – every game is, is a solo spotlight game in this year's NCAA tournament. You're going to have games starting at noon. Yeah, well, part a big part of that's with them bumping it up to the uh, the Thursday with that too. Yeah, so you're like, not going to have any old, you know, like you have had, where you might have two games or three games in that first round going on at the same time. Every yeah. game is going to have its spotlight all by itself. Um, and I can't imagine they're going to play Loveland games at twelve o'clock Eastern time because that would make zero sense. No, I I would doubt that, and I was gonna say on top of it, uh, even thinking back to last year, if you remember, the uh, the Omaha Minnesota game got pushed back. Um, that that didn't remember. that that didn't start till I I want to say I want to say it was I can't remember if it was eight Central or eight Mountain. I know it was a late game <laughs> e- either either way on top of it, but just earlier in that day that uh the the Mankato game that was going on out in Loveland was uh either overlapping or slightly delayed because of Bemidji State and Wisconsin and yeah like you said Paul you won't have to worry about this year but it's kind of a uh, counterintuitive on their front from a uh interest standpoint to uh take away from each other can i tell you guys something uh oh. i just want to get through this Loveland Regional without having to walk at 12 o'clock at night from the building to my hotel. Please, just let me go without having to walk. <laughs> Jordan, you didn't probably hear that story, but I... Oh. I, uh, I that's, the, that's the fun part of this job. Yeah, I flew <laughs> up there, right? And uh, and I thought, well, surely you can get an Uber or a Lyft, uh, especially, you know, during the tournament time, but it was covid and apparently there's not a lot of Uber Lyft drivers there. So I booked an Uber for the for the ride home and the guy canceled on me after I was outside the building. So I couldn't get back into the building and I couldn't reach anybody that was going anywhere. So finally, after freezing for about 10 minutes, I said, okay, there's no more lifts, there's no more Ubers. If I'm getting home and I'm getting back to the hotel, which was a mile, mile and a half away, uh, I'm gonna have to f- start doing it on foot. So as I'm walking, I'm talking to Stephen Marsh and I'm talking to Paul and they're giving me updates of the uh, overtime games, the multiple overtimes in uh, in Fargo with Minnesota, Duluth and North Dakota. Oh, my goodness. So I, I just want to be able to get safely from the Budweiser Center back to my uh, house or apartment or hotel or whatever I'm in here in Centennial. <laughs> Uh, I, all I know is, like I said, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to actually look up the schedule. Uh, okay. Yeah, see, I mean, I'm looking at it here, and every there's doesn't there's doesn't seem to be. The last time I saw it, it didn't see where there's any sort of overlap. And if that, like I said, if that's the case, that means you're going to have teams uh, in buildings starting at like noon. Um, and, and I so can see one thing. Be, you know that'll be one of the East Coast. The uh, the New York City School District. Get ready for. <laughs> I think somebody's coming down with a cold on Thursday, <laughs> Friday next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they're gonna need a, a sub. 
Sub for the sub. Good, good. Yeah, here we go. Um, yeah, so I mean. Paul, that'll be right up your alley, watching every single game of the NCAA tournament. Well, that's it. It'd be, yeah, I mean, I go to watch more games. You know, uh, the Albany Regional, they, they have two games, noon and six. Um, Loveland is three and nine. Um, now, I don't know if. Uh, What's the other Thursday? Okay, it's uh, yeah. So and then Friday, once again, you have the same schedule: noon, three, six, and nine. So you don't have overlapping games. Yeah, good stuff. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Let's do uh, two things in the final segment. Let's uh, break out the Super Sixteen, the final one of the twenty-one uh, twenty-two season, and then. I'm going to break some news that Paul Hornstein already knows. Maybe Jordan knows too, but I'm going to break some NCAA hockey news when we're all done before we leave the show tonight. So we'll be back in two minutes. As you plan your next trip or perhaps your first trip in a while, Drury Hotels has over 150 locations to help you travel happy again. Winners of 16 consecutive JD Power Awards for guest satisfaction, Drury Hotels treats you right. Free hot breakfast and happy hours, 24-hour fitness and business centers, as well as more than enough Wi-Fi bandwidth to take care of all your connectivity needs. Whether you're traveling for business, catching a hockey game, or just trying to reconnect with cozy moments, Drury Hotels have the location and amenities you need when looking for a place to stay. Call 1-800-DRURY-IN or go to druryhotels.com and book your stay today. Drury Hotels, where our home is your home. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. This is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sports books at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Summer Skate Studios. This is Analytics and Eyeballs. All right. Welcome back in, folks. Indeed, it is Analytics and Eyeballs. This is where we check out the polls. We check out the pairwise. We check out what our eyeballs tell us. Scott Strandy with you in Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host, as always, Jordan McAlpine from beautiful Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, our own Paul Hornstein joining us from 10 feet below sea level on Long Island, New York, in that palatial estate that he's probably got the uh, gardener out doing some things and some of the other people working through the place to, to make sure it's up to shape 
Um, by the way, Patrick Kazi is going to stop by and take a picture of that place for us. Uh, the only thing I am worried about <laughs> is uh, Bill Foley raising my mortgage. That that's that's the only thing I'm worried about. Uh, okay. Jordan, if you don't know, one of his companies owns the mortgage to my house, so um, <laughs> that's why I was a little afraid of uh, Army losing this weekend. I thought he might be mad and take it out on yep. me or something. I don't know. Yep. He's a West Pointer for sure, but he's more he's more upset with his VGK team that uh, needs to get it together quick, or they're going to be sitting out the playoffs this year. Um, okay, that's another whole I other think, topic. Go ahead. Jordan. I think he should. I think he should just upcharge you no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm for sure fun. Come down to that point. Uh, can I can I break into this just real quickly? But uh, if you haven't seen Stephen Stephen Marsh's interview, and by the way, Stephen is doing a great job for us at the really ACHA is. tournament. But but he had the Russian that scored the winning goal on uh, for UCO last night, uh, Vitali. Uh, he is just a scoring machine. The kid is just playing at a level uh, way below where he should be. He should be up a lot higher than that. I don't know why he hasn't. But poor Steven was stumbling with the Russian <laughs> and trying to get the two-minute uh, audio done. But uh, it, it was it was really good. And if you haven't seen it, get to uh, ACHA underscore ITHSW on Twitter and check that out because Steven did an awesome job uh, yep. dealing with uh, – the the crowd after the five overtime game that UCO won. So, okay, uh, bring it on. Sixteen Super Sixteen, the final one of the year. Paul, um, you want to bring it on? Or you want me to read them again? What do you want me to I do? I don't listen. I don't uh, want to read these things. I have to com- read them and then comment on them. Uh, okay. Enough, I have to defend okay. myself. I have to read them too. Yeah. Well, do you want to tell Jordan what happened last week or or what? Yeah, I don't mind telling him. Listen, tell, I, tell him I, before it starts because he 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 wants to know. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know if he really wants to know, or you're just making him know. Um, I admit it, I screwed up. I admitted it on last Tuesday night. I screwed up. Um, I meant to put Denver third and Quinnipiac five, and I just screwed it up, and didn't realize it until we were ready to do it. So I just bit the bullet and took the slings and arrows. I figured it'd be more entertaining. that <laughs> So Jordan, he wasn't really that off base. He just, uh, he forgot to switch them when we put them together. <laughs> okay, here we go. The final super 16 of the year, Minnesota state, number one, Minnesota two. Jeez. Uh, I, I don't even know if I can go on after that. Denver three, I don't want to. Uh, Michigan four. Uh, we'll do the next four as well. So Jordan's got some probably things he wants to move around. North Dakota, five. Quinnipiac, <laughs> six. UMass Lowell, seven. And Northeastern, eight. Jordan, go. I think your top top five especially are pretty spot on. Um, look, Looking at your, uh, your fourth or five through eight range there, I would maybe argue Northeastern a little bit too high. And uh, with – where they're at in the pairwise right now, I want to say, yeah, they're at 14 that they, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think they're safe at the end of the day for the tournament, but they're definitely not in a hundred percent security. Um, no, right now they're at just 90 looking straight. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Like I said, they, they're, they're about as, uh, as close of any of the on the bubble teams as you can be, if you ask me, and especially looking around the country, 
individually wise on that team, there's going to be a lot of awards and accolades coming the way of uh, of that roster, especially with the uh, man between the pipes. <laughs> um, oh, well, he's the big, but, he's as big a reason why he I have them there as 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 anything else. Yeah, that so. Devon Levi has been lights out lately. Um, that they. They are up there. I just still with me personally. I don't know if they'd put him as high as eight after seeing Western again this weekend with a f- closer eye. Um, them at nine, that or even Notre Dame in that case would be the two teams that I would entertain moving above them. I know we'll get into it here with uh, you having uh, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll just go ahead and read them nine, nine through 12 for you. You got Western, Michigan, Notre Dame, UMass at 11, and Clarkson at 12. That's the uh, that's the one region that I would maybe move a few up and down on, but like I right. said, especially your top five, six, I, I think you've got pretty spot on. Well, listen, you know, you're sitting there, and and just because we're we, we're we're talking about it, in order for Northeastern to get knocked out, you would have to see Bemidji win. Quinnipiac would have to lose, and not. Go to the, yes, you know, they'd have to lose. Have to lose, not get to the to, to, to the to automatic bid. Um, and I think the only way, and then you'd have to throw in the fact that UConn would have to beat Northeastern and win the whole thing in Hockey East. And you need those three things to have to not happen if you're Northeastern. Yeah, and I I agree with that. I I just still, me personally, I don't know if I'd go as far to say they're the eighth best team in the country, I guess is the the moral of the story on that argument. You know what it is? When you get to that point, Jordan, and and, and this is where you can have the argument, nobody's been consistent outside of the top five or six. No. (laughs) So you're bouncing up and down based on – as, as, as I try to watch as much as I can, how are they playing in the last two or three weeks? Because it's not like anybody's steaming hot other than the top few. Well, no, nobody else can see this yet because there's a slight editing error, but uh, our executive producer already picked two teams and put black marks for them and said, throw them out. Um, <laughs> UMass, UMass and Clarkson, they, they're not getting in. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, 13 through 16, Michigan Tech, Harvard, Omaha, St. Cloud. I know Jordan's going like Omaha at 15. Yes, yes, yes. Can we bump them up any? Can they move up any spots? <laughs> that was – listen, I'm, I'm watching that series, and, I, and obviously I'm not, I, I don't have as close an eye on it because – uh, I only have it as one of four games on a screen. That series against Western Michigan. Um, but uh, Omaha could have won those two games easy. One game went to overtime as it is. And and, and when, you, when you know the, the Friday night game, you know, I mean, you know, UNO had a lead going into the third period. And, you know, it, it almost looked like as you're watching the game that they were snake bit. Would that be an unfair uh, assessment, Jordan, at least from afar? 
No, I, th- I think that's a pretty fair assessment for most of the uh, second half of their season here. And I mean that even even Saturday night, uh, that was the uh, the lead of my game story. With that is, I think Saturday night's game was about as spot on of a representation of this season as a whole as you could get. Where you you start off hot, you get the lead, similar to them starting off hot through uh, non conference play in the start of the NCHC. You give up three three goals in less than five minutes. Uh, kind of get derailed for a stretch similar to they did against CC in Miami there in the second half. You come on late, you tie it there in the third, similar to their past or final three weeks of the regular season. And then when, uh, when it's all said and done, you fall just short and a missed opportunity, which once again, kind of reminiscent of this season as a whole, but no, I, I will say with the Mavs that they definitely did look, Look sharp this weekend, uh, had a lot of chances, especially there in that Saturday game um, on both ends for that matter. And they, uh, I, I don't know, it's it's a hard team to pinpoint for a lot, a lot of different reasons this season. And at the, uh, at the end of the day, snake bit is part of it. You got to get a little bit of puck luck and bounces on your side, which I know they didn't always get. But when it's, uh, when it's all said and done, they uh, they lost to a good Western Michigan team and went toe to toe with them, but they uh, on on to next season at this rate, which will definitely be interesting to see what shakes out the next uh, next few months with Omaha. But we'll uh, we'll we'll definitely get into that in future episodes. <laughs> oh, for sure. So so Paul, let me ask you this: uh, How much did Minnesota Duluth uh, sweeping St. Cloud hurt St. Cloud? Because like you always used to, you always say. Um, now they can't play any more games until the uh, seeding is done. So is that going to hurt them? It's certainly not going to knock them out, right? No. I, I, uh, St. Cloud, uh, if you look at the probability chart, they're in. They're the 10th. They're right now the 10th in the pairwise, and they are the last team at 100%. Ah, good to know. Good to know. I'm glad you looked that uh, up. Mass- UMass is at 99. Michigan Tech is at 99.9, I, okay. Um, and they're not playing this weekend. Uh, Lowell's at 97, and Northeastern is at 89%. So I'm guessing those uh, 89s are the ones to worry about because uh, that's where um, the, an auto bid could bump you out. Right. Well, right. And, and the two teams that have to worry about that, well, the three teams that have to worry are Lowell, Northeastern, and, and Ohio State. Um, yeah, Ohio, Ohio State's the big one of those three that really has to worry. And 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 they managed to get through this weekend without dropping. Mm-hmm. So right now, uh, they have to at least feel like their luck is holding out. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, wrap up the show. I told you I was going to break some news. I'm going to not go full on. I'm going to go partial break. <laughs> uh, my plans got changed uh, a little bit coming back from the uh, frozen face-off, Jordan, because uh, there is an announcement going down at Lindenwood University on uh, that Monday following the uh, selection show uh, for the NCAA tournament. So I am going from St. Paul to St. Louis to be in attendance for an announcement coming from Lindenwood. I think we can all read between the lines as to what that announcement is going to be. Um, some very, very dramatic changes happened at Lindenwood uh, this last week, the last couple of days. And uh, 
as you know, we have Stephen Marsh uh, in uh, St. Louis for the ACHA National Tournament. I'll tell you that uh, UCO knocked off uh, UNLV today in one semifinal, uh, four to two with an empty net goal. And uh, currently, as I see it um, in St. Louis right now, the second semifinal game, the Lindenwood Lions, the host team, is uh, is up three one on uh, the Ohio. Uh, I'm sorry, the Adrian. Bulldogs, the uh, defending champions. So um, if Lindenwood wins this tournament, that was uh, their goal to uh, to want to make their best case for moving up to NCAA hockey. Um, I think it's going to happen either way. Well, Nothing from nobody? Well, listen, <laughs> um, like I said, it's starting to leak. And... Can I say it's a river now? Well, yeah. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I had not heard this, but apparently they are moving the entire athletic program up to D1. Yeah, and let, let me let me say, uh, Jordan, you, I don't know, have you heard any of this, Jordan? Or Yeah, no, I, like Paul touched on there, and I know CHN had the big article on it on top of it today, that uh, – the uh, the writing's kind of on the wall to add two and two together. What's next with them? But I definitely uh, I know as we've talked in the past uh, on whether it's this show or uh, Monday night that I'd be interested to see how that uh, how that gets into gets put in place and how the startup process goes because uh, starting a Division One college hockey program is no easy task. Oh no, and. Um... And there were – well, first of all, we, we, we do kind of have to understand that, that Lindenwood um, in, has kind of a different um, – as far as I know, um, that people that represent their, their, their school on athletic – in athletic endeavors uh, – are, are kind of not. I don't want to say scholarship because that would be wrong, but a lot of financial aid. Yeah, that, I mean, uh, Rick, and this is no secret. Rick told me this um, when when they played Air Force that um, his guys have never paid to play hockey there. Right. Um, so that's one big step. If you're an ACHA and you never have to pay, that's one huge step. Um, also. Uh, the the I guess I can say this: the change has been made. Uh, the athletic director is no longer there. Right. That happened just a few days ago, and the president of the university, in in a quote that I got from Coach Zombo, is the president of the university has taken the reins on all of this. So um, I I asked about it. People told me that it was uh, going to be out uh, as soon as this Wednesday. Uh, maybe it'll be. You know, leaked into a full-blown raging river by then. But officially, uh, Coach Zombo told me he's got, when this tournament is over, he's got a week worth of meetings. And then uh, the press conference will be set for Monday, uh, a week from today, at Lindenwood. And uh, my plans are to be there. So um, exciting news because anytime you can add an NCAA program, it's awesome. Uh, we saw LIU come in in the middle of the pandemic and caught everybody by surprise and Lyndon Wood's been talking about this for years. It got uh, 
even more uh, aggressive this past season. They tested the waters with Denver. They tested the waters with uh, Air Force, and they were supposed to go until COVID jumped in and play Arizona State in Tempe as well. So all of that uh, on the horizon, it's going to be exciting. I've already made the declaration that uh, if they make the jump, they will become part of our coverage. So, Gordon, your Omaha Mavericks might be next. Yeah, you ought to uh, just put your car in a uh, river ferry up in St. Paul and make your way down to St. Uh, St. Louis on the Mississippi. <laughs> there you go. Now, now Jordan is thinking. He is thinking all the time. Well, uh, listen. Now this, you know, this is um, this is kind of starting to, you know, there's going to be because of this and and some other things like Augustana. There's going to be more realignment. Yeah. That's a whole another ball game to cross over, though. Well, <laughs> it is, we but, could do a whole show on that one. Well, we probably do a lot of shows, but just from my lack of geography, what's it? Uh, how long? How much of a drive is it from Omaha to St. Louis? Uh, that's about six and a half to seven ish. Okay, so that's what a twenty-minute flight if you get on a plane. <laughs> No, it's it's definitely a uh, definitely a short flight. I don't I don't know the exact distance on that one, but yeah. But well, I've so, done it done it a few times, but. <laughs> well, listen, it, it, and the way I look at it is that's now uh, a non-league game or a non-league series that that Omaha can play. Paul, you were you yeah. were opening a can of worms right now that I don't know if you want to with uh, with Omaha <laughs> fans. <laughs> Well, no, my point is, listen, I, I'm only using that because of the proximity. I'm, I'm not, that's not the only point I'm going to make here, right? Um, I say the same thing about ASU between Denver, CC, and Air Force. Those are quick flights. Um, flying to St. Louis is pretty easy. So it shouldn't be too hard for them to get people to go there and play. They got a great building. They got a great building for sure. Uh, you know that they're going to have a home and home with Arizona State, I'm sure. Home and home with both the Alaskas. Home and home with LIU because those will all be, all four will be independents if that's uh, what in, in fact is announced this, uh, this Monday, this coming Monday. So, uh, Jordan, Monday night, next night, <laughs> next week, we might have something really fun to talk about in addition to breaking down uh, what the NCAA uh, selection committee says will be the 2022 uh, NCAA National Tournament. Guys, thanks for uh, for, for being here and, and bringing it all as always. Um, we'll, uh, we'll say goodnight and uh, ask everybody to tune in. I've got a uh, podcast schedule I'll be sending out uh, to both of you. And, Jordan, you're welcome to jump on as many as you want. You don't have to be on all of them, obviously. Uh, if you want to jump in on some of them, we'd love having you. And, We'll do the old uh, three-way like we're doing now because it seems to work pretty well. Yeah, he's got my he's he's holding my dog hostage, Jordan. So I have to <laughs> I have to uh, be on all these podcasts because yeah, I, I I will add real quick for what it's worth uh, before we wrap it up uh, to quote a tweet from an Omaha fan today, uh, Paul. If they schedule Lindenwood next year, I may riot. So uh, the the strength of schedule has been a. Uh, a topic of uh, conversation with the Mavs the last few years. And uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I would say for me personally, in my standpoint that I, I do think Lindenwood, if it starts up, you will see that at some point, just, I know with Omaha, a big thing is kind of 
paying it forward or repaying the favor, if you know what I mean by that, from when the Mavs started up as a program. You look at what, why they're playing LIU. They play so many games against Alaska in recent years. Logically and logistically, it makes sense to play Lindenwood, and especially right. you talked on, or touched on it, Scott. They do have the uh, the building for it. So, listen, ASU's played Omaha a lot too in these first four or five years of their program. So, um, that's I I, I let me say this. That. Let me say this real quickly, Jordan. Do, uh, do you have the feeling that Omaha, because of their um, quote unquote weak non-conference, uh, they could be St. Cloud this year instead of where they're at? Um, that's a tough one. And I, I guess what, what I'll say on that front is no matter who you're playing, the thing that's killed the Mavs is you, you have to win those games, especially that St. Lawrence loss, I know, and Lake State at the beginning of the season on top of it. Those uh those loom large when it's all said and done at the end of the year with it, but by by no means obviously yeah everyone points at the strength of schedule and when you're playing the St. Lawrence's the Alaskas the LIU it's gonna be a concern to some people but they're Division One hockey teams that it's you have to win those type of game you have to win those type of games but at the same time that I understand the thought process that goes into the scheduling. I will say from Omaha's standpoint on top of it that they were uh, supposed to play a Big Ten team that with all of the COVID situations that uh, a lot of schedules have gotten thrown off or changed around a little bit in recent years. And you'll see that continue to happen going forward here the next few years. Obviously, uh, no one expected that when schedule agreements are made and a lot of things that I don't know if everyone understands that, but a lot of these schedules are part of package deals, whether it's home and homes, two for ones, you you name it. You see that with college football, especially with the non-con on top of it, that um, these schedules are built out a while. But I I guess when I look at that St. Cloud comparison that you're asking about there, maybe one or two more quote unquote heavyweight games on the schedule, if they would have won might have helped, but I think the bigger concern or bigger issue that killed them is you look at that St. Lawrence loss coupled with their record against Miami and CC and yep. conference play. I don't know if it's as much of an issue of who they played, but more so an issue how they did Yeah, in, those, so. in those games. Yeah, I'll, the only reason I brought that up was because uh, nobody here in Denver will, will come out and on the record and say this, but I said this last year, I said, Denver is going to be the team that's going to hurt the most uh, from the pod. And the reason I said that was because I've seen Denver for a number of years now, 20, 25 years, or maybe more. Um, and they always have a strong non-conference that builds towards the NCHC tournament. Uh, I'm sorry, regular season. And last year, they didn't have that. They had to jump right into NCHC play. And uh, I think that really hurt Denver. And I think, at yep. <laughs> the very end on Selection Sunday, that's what kept them out of the tournament last year. Um, yeah, and I, and that's I, what I, I'm I saying about Omaha. I think, and I and I see your point completely. You just got to win those games, but but I just wonder um, because we looked at it all year and we said, wow, that's not a very strong non-conference schedule for an NCHC team, and I just wonder if that hurt them. But you're 100 percent right, I believe. 
Well, and I, I will say too with Denver last year that I think the bigger thing, and I know you just touched on that, is they couldn't get their footing out of the gate. And that, I mean, especially in the NCHC, once you fall behind the eight ball that early as hard as they did, it's so hard to catch back up. And w- with Omaha, though, <clears throat> I mean, tr- trust me, you I'm sure you guys know from reading my stuff or whatever, I've been kind of the biggest advocate of this from the Mavericks standpoint is false hope or take a little bit of caution of you you score as many goals against Long Island as you do you're obviously not going to have those same results against the Denver's and North Dakota's of the world that you kind of said old adage if you can't get too high can't get too low with those situations but with the Mavs schedule it would have been and for that matter it did serve as an opportunity for them to build some confidence and get a good start out of the gate but at the end of the day I also don't know how much that does prepare you for conference play. And even you saw that with how they started opening weekend of NCHC play, you start off with the loss to Miami right off the bat. And we all knew coming into this season. Now, granted Ludwig Pearson can stand on his head and Miami is still an NCHC team at the end of the day, but they're not one of those heavyweights in the conference that it would be interesting if you would have had another top tier, um, non-confo just strictly from a preparation standpoint i guess would be the one way to look at that but i uh like like i touched on a minute ago i i know the uh the thought process that goes into making the schedule how they did there yep totally understand it uh it all totally makes sense i was just curious on uh what the 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 vibe was uh, in Omaha, whether uh that would have made a difference whether they would have been able to move up and get inside that uh that top 15 or 14 or whatever they need to be to get a tournament. And also, you know, beating Western Michigan and getting the auto bid by winning the ends, the uh, frozen faceoff would have done it as well. But yeah. Um, well, well, and even if they would have won that series and not even done anything in the frozen faceoff, it would have been interesting to see where that would have gotten them just with so many other moving parts around them that, uh, I, it, it makes you wonder. Obviously, you'll never know. <laughs> but at the uh, the at the end of the day, with it that there there were there were opportunities throughout the season that they could have upped their stock with it for sure. I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, let's put it this way: uh, I played around with it, and if uh, Omaha wins two of the three games that they lose to Miami, that puts them at fifteen ahead of Ohio State. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, Crazy that's fi- that's that's fifteen points in the NCHC standings that uh that slipped away with those five losses there. And you look at how close those standings were, how much of a difference that. And I'm not even saying you went out those games, but those uh one point in the NCHC is a premium, let alone fifteen. Yep. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jordan, take it away. From the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs has been brought to you by the NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv and catch all the action from the toughest conference in all of college hockey. Drury Inn and Suites, now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay at our new Lake Buena Vista location opening this October or at any location at DruryHotels.com. By Summer Skates. Whether you use your own name and number or you want to represent your favorite player, show off your game and style. Visit summerskates.com for more information today on how to get personalized shower shoes and koozies. Metro by T-Mobile. 
Switch to our $60 a month plan, which includes an Amazon Prime membership. See one of our stores for more details today. By Behind the Mask, no one knows goalie needs better than we do. Visit BehindTheMask.com or one of our three Valley locations for more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, our food sums up one word, perfection. By M-Drive, for supplements to fuel and refine your drive, visit mdriveformen.com. Peterson Toyota, located at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins, our staff works hard to make sure you get the right fit. Shop our selection of both new and pre-owned vehicles today. Jets Pizza. It's more than just great pizza. You'll love our wings, sidekicks, and more. Find the location nearest you at JetsPizza.com. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Worldwide, Caesars is where the action is. Analytics and eyeballs and all of the Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcast are recorded live on the Podbean app. You can also download any of our shows on iTunes, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on TuneIn. Analytics and eyeballs and all of our weekly podcasts come to you from the Summer Skate Studios and are a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Our thanks to Paul Hornstein for uh, jumping on again, having to come on. Uh, this will be three nights in a row again, Paul. <laughs> Get ready for it. Um, and uh, for Jordan, uh, it, you know, it, I'll see you in St. Paul. How about that? <laughs> yeah, three, four days from now. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Can't wait to uh, get things underway and see everything that's happening. One quick question for you. Who wins the Coach of the Year this year in the NCHC? I'd go Brad Berry. Uh, just, oh. just, with, just with what he's done, with uh, especially in the second half there with, uh, with that team. I, I will. The darts. Uh, the darts are flying from Denver. They're saying you're telling me that neighbor Carl doesn't deserve to be the coach of the. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say too with those. Uh, looking at the rest of those awards, there's a uh, definitely definitely a few interesting uh, conversations that could be made. You look at that player of the year. Obviously, I know Bobby Brink, Ethan Frank, Reese Gaber have all had the uh, years they have too, and uh. Ronnie Adderd on top of that defensively at the point has had a breakout year rookie of the year on top of it. Um, Goaltender has been up and down. There's, there's a lot that's yet to be decided on those votes. We'll find out Thursday. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you again next Monday night when we have big news from Lindenwood university. Good night, everybody.